This is Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Grounded and Growing in Christ here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we are in a series of messages called Proverbs, A Beautiful Life, on the book of Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible that is full of wisdom, poetry, beauty, and instructs us on what the beautiful life is and how we can live it. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website, groundedandgrowingradio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, then I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now, let's open God's Word to see what He has for us today. Turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verse 11, but I'm going to invite you to just keep your Bibles open. We're going to be working our way through Proverbs. And the majority of the book, however, uh, are these proverbial sayings that found, are found starting in chapter 10 and through chapter 29. And so what we're going to be doing uh, today and then Lord willing through the month of May is to work through some of the major themes that are found in the rest of the book of Proverbs. And so today we're going to be talking about a major theme of the righteous and the wicked. There are two types of people in the world. What do you think about when you hear that phrase? It's used a lot, actually. Sometimes it's used as a joke. There are two types of people in the world, those who are absent-minded and those who are absent-minded. That's one of my favorites. There are two types of people in the world, those who can extrapolate from incomplete data sets. Sometimes, that's a good one, it's, uh, but you know, there's not really a punchline. Uh, sometimes it's just clever or well-known, like the man with no name who tells Tuco, you see, in this world there are two kinds of people, my friend, those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. Or there are two types of people in the world, those who leave a mark and those who leave only a stain. But maybe the one that's closest to the message of Proverbs that's out there is that there are two types of people in the world, those who are wise and those who are otherwise. Because Proverbs, to clarify for us what it means to live in the beautiful world that God has given to us sets the world in stark terms to help us see the way of things, how to live well in this good world that God has made. And the main way to understand the world, according to the book of Proverbs, is that there are two types of people in the world, the righteous and the wicked. The righteous person is wise. The righteous person guards his or her tongue and speech. The righteous person handles money well. The righteous person has a faithful family or is a faithful child. The righteous person works hard. And as chapter 10 opens and as it shifts from the more narrative, poetic focus of the first nine books of the Bible, it lays out for us right away some of these major themes. As Solomon moves to generalize wisdom, grouped in small, potent sayings, usually lasting for only about one verse, 
you can see as chapter 10 opens up some of these important themes. Let me read for us just the first five verses of Proverbs chapter 10. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame." Verse 1, family. Verse 2, wealth and work. Verse 3, the righteous and the wicked. Verse 4, work and wealth. Verse 5, family. That is what is known in the biz as a chiasm. I figure now and again I've got to throw in a big word so that you know that I'm theologically educated and you can be impressed with me for one moment. It's what's known as a chiasm. It's this literary device that's used in scripture. And how it works is that it's these things that build up to a main point that's at the top and then work their way back to the starting point that existed. So family, work and wealth, righteous, unrighteous, work and wealth, family, a chiasm. The point of all of that is to point to the the most important thing that's being laid out, which is that of the righteous and the unrighteous. That's the central reality here. That is us stepping into this part of Proverbs and realizing that Proverbs itself, through the use of this well-known literary device, is pointing us to the fact that a major theme that we're going to be encountering throughout the rest of the book will be work, will be wealth, will be family, but most importantly will be the righteous and the wicked. And we're going to deal with each one of those themes as we finish our series through Proverbs. We're going to talk about wealth. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about work. And we're going to talk about the one theme not mentioned in those first five verses, but shows up in the passage that are at the very beginning, speech, language, and the tongue. We're going to see in each the difference between the way that the righteous operates and the wicked operates. And, Lord willing, will be given by God, the Holy Spirit, skill to live well in this beautiful world of our Heavenly Father. And as we walk through this book, and we consider the righteous and the wicked, we'll see what the book is trying to communicate to us. That there are earthly and eternal benefits or consequences to being righteous or wicked. That there are earthly and eternal benefits or consequences to being righteous or wicked. Why don't we start with some of the earthly benefits of being righteous? There are several earthly benefits that are given to us throughout the book of Proverbs to the righteous in general. The one who is righteous is able to walk securely, says Proverbs 10.9. The words of the righteous person are healing. They bring life, says Proverbs 10, verse 11. Upright people are able to save other people from the wicked schemes of those who are evil. And the homes of those who are upright will stand. That's what Proverbs 12, 6, and 7 says. 
The righteous person knows the favor of God in this life and therefore is able to run for safety and protection to God and know that safety and protection, especially in times of trouble when things get tough. That's what Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and know safety. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says that because the righteous has a clean conscience, the righteous person is able to be as bold as a lion. And Proverbs says that when the righteous increase, that the people rejoice. Showing us that the righteous person is a benefit not just within his or her own self or life, not just within his or her own family, but is a blessing even to the community in which you live. If you are a righteous person and your people are righteous and and they increase, the entire community will rejoice because they will see and understand that the multiplication of good people, of good will is a blessing to them. And all of this is summed up by Proverbs 21, verse 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life and righteousness and honor. Some of the best things to be enjoyed in this beautiful world that the Lord God has created are found and enjoyed by those who pursue God and his ways, who reach after righteousness and kindness and then enjoy a full life, enjoy the blessings of righteousness and honor. So much in this world is constructed to make you and me believe that if we just lived for ourselves, our life would be complete. If we possess enough, if we aim for our own comfort, that's what would make the complete life. What Proverbs does is puncture that, demonstrate it to be false, and to say, no, 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 no. The good life Actually having skill to enjoy life as God has created it belongs to those that give themselves to pursuing holiness and kindness and the ways of God. That's the way to live life and live it to the fullest. It makes sense, doesn't it? Since Jesus comes and says that he's come that we might have life to the fullest and that it's the enemy, it's the evil one that comes to steal and kill and destroy. It's the ways of God that always bring fullness and life and thriving. It's a lie. So much of what the world tells us that that to enjoy yourself is to engage in the ways of the world. It's all a pernicious lie. Forsake foolishness, forsake wickedness, run to God, and you'll know joy. Now, on the contrary, it's the wicked that are going to be shown as the fools that they are. That's what Proverbs 10 through 29 says over and over and over again, that in this world, they will experience the consequences of their own wickedness. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook, Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com.
And now more from Pastor Derek in our series called Proverbs, A Beautiful Life. On the book of Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible that is full of wisdom, poetry, beauty, and instructs us on what the beautiful life is and how we can live it. Proverbs 10 verse 3 says that the Lord himself will thwart the cravings of the wicked. 10 verse 8 says that the babbling fool, which is the wicked person, will come to ruin. 10 verse 9 says that the crooked ways of the wicked are going to be found out. They're going to be discovered. In times of trouble, people realize that the wicked aren't those who can be trusted. Proverbs 25 verse 19 says this, Trusting in a treacherous man in times of trouble is like a bad tooth or a foot that slips. This is the benefit of the Proverbs, is that they can put things in such picturesque ways. Have you ever had a cavity? Do you know how painful that can be? Do you realize how much of a perpetual annoyance it is? That even if you glance your tongue across it, you experience severe pain. If you breathe in too much, you start because you realize that that that's painful. That's the way of a wicked person in times of trouble. That's what Proverbs are telling us. The dark conscience of a person who is wicked means that they run away even when no one is pursuing. That's what Proverbs 28 verse 1 says. So heavy is the the conscience of of such a person that, that even when nothing is wrong, they'll feel like somebody's out to get them and they'll run. And Proverbs 29 verse 2 says that when the wicked rule, the people groan. When the righteous are multiplied, communities are benefited and people rejoice because they see the good that comes to them because goodness is being exalted. But the opposite happens when wicked people are in charge, the people groan under the weight of the oppression and wickedness that results. And ultimately, the wicked person is demonstrated to be the absolute fool that he or she really is. Proverbs chapter 26 describes this in detail. And I want to invite you to turn with me to Proverbs 26 as I read verses 6 through 12. And we can see the way that Proverbs describes the foolishness that characterizes the wicked person. Proverbs 26, I'm going to read 6 through 12. Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Like a lame man's legs which hang useless is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds the stone in the sling is one who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like an archer who wounds everyone is one who hires a passing fool or drunkard. Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. And then... Do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Oof. Proverbs is pulling no punches for us as we're reading all of this. And you might read that and start a little bit because the language is striking. It's meant to provoke. The Bible is intending to wake us up, to point us to the way that things really are. If you are a a wicked person given to wickedness, you make yourself to be worthless is the point of all of this. And the challenging part in all of it is that if you think that you're wise, it's, it's actually worse than any of the things that you just read. If you're like self-satisfied, 
think that you've got it all right in and of yourself. And this is a challenge for us. We live in a world where there are so many voices, both inside and outside the church, calling you and calling me to give into wickedness or to encourage other people to engage in it or at least not confront and allow it to persist. Understand that all of those voices are inviting you to make yourself worthless and offer other people the same. And it gets worse than that because there are eternal benefits to being righteous and eternal consequences to being wicked as well. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 7 says that the memory of the righteous is a blessing, but that the memory that the name of the wicked will rot. Even after death, the memory of the one who is righteous remains as a blessing. The stories that a family has because of the goodness of that person in the course of their lives persist. And the memory of the goodness and the wisdom that was shared by that sort of person continue. They become a part of the family legacy. They establish trajectories for long periods of time. The goodness of your life isn't brought to an end if you're a good or a righteous person. Your memory continues to do and to be good even after the Lord has claimed you and taken you. But on the contrary, the wickedness of those who pursued evil ends up rotting. And people shudder even to remember their name. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 20 encourages us not to fear the wicked because the evil have no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Proverbs chapter 28 says that the inheritance of the righteous and the wicked differs. Proverbs tells us that a godly person leaves an inheritance to generations, but that the wicked will fall into a pit. And notice... Notice the way that Proverbs begins in Proverbs chapter 10. Verse 2. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Wow. Throughout the Old Testament, however shadowy, there's an understanding that life is not concluded by death. One of the most beautiful pictures of that is in Psalm 23 where David professes surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What David realizes that there is an eternal hope that exists for him Solomon then relays here at the very beginning of his Proverbs that righteousness can actually deliver from death. There are not only temporary earthly benefits to being righteous, but eternal ones. So what? Well, hearing all of this and knowing the blessings and the consequences of righteousness and wickedness, I hope that you're led to a certain place. I hope that you are in the place right now that you eagerly desire to be one of the righteous and not to be one of the wicked. That's what I hope. That's what Proverbs wants for us. That's what I hope for all of us right now as we listen to all of this. But in this is a challenge. 
You might know the challenge that I'm talking about, and I want to invite you to Romans chapter 3. Turn there with me so that we can see that challenge more clearly for us. Romans chapter 3 just lays this out with so much precision and help. Romans chapter 3, you can find it on page 1118. I'm going to read starting at verse 9, because here's the major challenge for us as we consider the righteous and the wicked. So here's what the passage says. What then, are we Jews better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it's written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together, they've become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they've not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So Proverbs tells us that there are two types of people in the world, the righteous and the wicked, and that the wicked make themselves worthless. But the righteous experience blessings both now and eternally. Romans chapter 3 makes things more challenging because it tells us there are two types of people in the world, Jesus and everyone who is not Jesus. And I've got to tell you today that you fit in the everyone who is not Jesus category, as do I. We're all in that same place. There's only one person who came and lived a righteous life. There's only one person who came and was never characterized by sin at any moment, never gave himself to sin. All of us are in that wicked part. There's no one righteous. It's terribly discouraging. If Romans chapter 3 ended with verse 18, it would be the most discouraging passage in the entire Bible. But I've got some good news for you today. It doesn't end at verse 18. In fact, it has two of the most potent and wonderful words in the entire Bible that are found at the very beginning of verse 1. Just two words. But now. But now. Let me read this for you. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Now that's beautiful. What does that mean? What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that there are two types of people in the world. Those that have recognized that on their own they are sinful and wicked and have despaired of themselves and turned to trust Jesus and are redeemed freely by his grace and those that are still in their sin. What this tells us is that the only way to be a part of the group known as the righteous is to realize that you aren't on your own. On your own strength, in your own power, on my own strength, in my own power, we are one of the wicked fools that's made ourselves worthless. But thank God, Jesus has made a righteousness known by his death and resurrection. And if you look to him in faith and are joined to him by faith and have submitted your life to him, he gives you his righteousness. He makes you 
through his sacrifice, through his death, and through his resurrection to be a part of the righteous. And he gives you his life so that you can live like you are a part of the righteous. There are two types of people in the world. Those who have trusted in Jesus and get his righteousness and those who will not and have their own wickedness. I hope and I pray that you have trusted in Jesus and for all who have, you get to experience the blessing of Christ making you alive, the divine life within you. And there is one more challenge for us in the text today. Look at Proverbs chapter 20 with me. And I just want to talk about it with you as we'll come to a conclusion. Proverbs chapter 20 lays this out for us. Verse 6. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. What's this saying? It is pretty easy to declare that you are real good, that you are very loving, that you are a part of the righteous. It is way harder to find someone who lives it out. And so here's the challenge for us today as we consider the righteous and the wicked as those of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ and have been redeemed and made righteous and whole and holy by his work, by his life, by his death, by his resurrection, we are invited not to just talk about our goodness, which demonstrates nothing at all. We're invited to demonstrate the fact that we're joined to Jesus by actually living out the righteousness that he has given to us. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, Visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This is Pastor Derek Bukema, and on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you.